0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Benjamin Kitchings of The History of Voyager. This is episode 92 of The History of Voyager. This is a conversation with a young woman named Lauren who runs the Let's Get It On Film podcast. It is a podcast where they talk about sex scenes in movies. I have a question. And really, it's the question that all historians have. Actually, it's kind of the central point of history when you when you really think about it. And by history, I mean capital H history, the, the discipline, not lower H history, but capital H history. Capital H history was supposed to be about wars. And it was supposed to be about viruses. And it was supposed to be about great big movements of people. Right? It was not supposed to be about the stuff of our lives. The things that happen to us. The things that happen around us. But when I went to, you know, study history in school... That was the history that I gravitated to. It was the history that I was the most interested in. It was the history, I think, that was the most relevant to me. And part of this podcast channel, part of part of the history Voyager, is a first-hand account of, of the world around us. Well, this podcast, After a Fashion, episode 92, After a Fashion, is history. It is part of the world around us. You might ask yourself, why did I do this podcast today? Well, there's a very practical reason I did it the reason from a practical standpoint was that I have some podcasts upcoming that are I think are important and they're with busy people and my piece of software that I use to talk to folks all over the world decided to have an update it updated and now at least then the guest would not download What is the point, you might ask, gentle listener, of a podcast where the guest doesn't download? Well, there is no point. So, the podcasting community is is new. Podcasting is a medium I don't think is 20 years old. And when you're talking about to a history person who deals in history terms... 20 years is not a long time at all. So I thought I'd put a thing out on the Internet and say, hey, I need people to talk to because I need to check and see if I've reverted back to the old system properly. And I need to check and make sure everything works because I have these two important podcasts to do later in the week. And sure enough, there was a nice generous young lady that came over the hill and said I'll help and so she helped me and this is principally what resulted from that now I will tell you that it's rated not safe for work and I will tell you that we talk about um AIDS and we talk about the Spanish flu and you know There's a couple words in there that if you've got kids bouncing around in the car or if you're at the job and in the office and you don't want the boss man or the boss lady to hear, you might want to give this one a skip. But also, I released this podcast not just as a favor, which I did. I released it because... This, to me, is a primary source of our time, of our, of our day. You have two people, roughly, of contemporary age, I would say. Certainly, in 100, in 100 or 200 years, we will have been thought of as people, roughly, of contemporary age. And we talk about movies, and we talk about certain things that happened in the world prior to 2020 that intersected with our lives in in some way. I think it's almost impossible to talk about America prior to, say, now, without bringing up the huge weight of pop culture. And I don't think... I mean, I think pop culture gets too much of an emphasis from the American Academy, but maybe not enough emphasis in some ways from people interested in history or or people interested in understanding America. And anyway, so that's what this chat was. It was a lovely talk between two people, two total strangers on opposite sides of the country almost. Up and down. And um, anyway, this was a nice, lovely talk. But if you've got kids in the car or if you've got a boss that you don't want to hear certain things, you know, coming out of your cubicle or your office, you might want to give this one a skip. Also, it's not strictly speaking a history podcast or a podcast where I talk about government theory or some disaster, or some plague, or what have you, so if that's why you came to me, then you might want to give it a skip, but if you want me to talk about things that I'm generally interested in, that have nothing to do with history as such, at least capital H history, please listen to this podcast, because I enjoyed recording it, and I I hope she enjoyed being on my show, she told me she did. Anyway... I also want to talk for a second, if I can, about the upcoming season three. It will be the tulip bubble. That was a fascinating period um, that happened in Holland. It was very fascinating indeed. But uh, you know me, or you should know me by now, if you've gone back and listened to the Spanish flu episodes, which, if you haven't, why don't you hit pause and go down the feed and listen to the Spanish Flu episodes and come back in a few hours. I'll wait. Well, I'm glad you're here, now that you've gone back and listened to all the Spanish Flu episodes. And now that you know about the Spanish Flu. Anyway, so, if you know me, and you do now because you've heard all the Spanish Flu episodes, obviously, You know that I'm going to start before the beginning, so before the tulip bubble, and set the stage of the tulip bubble. That's the thing I love the most about podcasting, is that I can go before the beginning. Anyway, this was a lovely talk. Think of it as the interlude that will come along uh, from a couple of podcasts that I'll release either the later part of this week, or in on into next week, which will be very interesting indeed. Alrighty. I'm going to see you later. and Have a good day, because I sure am. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. So, uh, hi everybody. Uh, this is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. This is episode... 92 of the history Voyager I'm here with Lauren of I'm gonna say this right let's <laughs> get it on film and I just thought we'd have a nice little chat podcaster to podcaster about what's what's up in the podcasting space etc and so on yeah So Lauren why don't you uh how long have you been podcasting first off
1: uh I'm incredibly new to this. So uh, this is gonna be strange for anyone. If you're hearing my voice, this is probably the first time. Uh, I <laughs> have been podcasting since uh, December of last year. So we're two months strong, I think at this point. Three. And, uh, three. Almost. Oh, you're right. We're almost at three. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and we're enjoying our little following of like 10 or 30 people. So we're having a good time.
0: Well, um, what do you like <laughs> about podcasting? What, what do you like about podcasting, first off?
1: I mean, genuinely, I think I started podcasting uh, because I love my co-host, who is named Kate. And okay. Kate and I just love to make each other laugh. We both work in the film industry um, at various levels. uh, And we just wanted a project that could be ours, that we could really have ownership of, totally. And uh, podcasting has been it. Yeah.
0: I tell you what, what about podcasting that I think is awesome. And it also uncovered this really weird... Thing that I think everybody kind of knew, but nobody really said out loud where there was people. Mm-hmm. When you start, so I started off doing a history deep dive into the Spanish flu and COVID nineteen. Okay, yeah,
1: I saw I saw that on your description. It sounds mm-hmm. really interesting.
0: It, it is, it is. Well, so I started interviewing people, um, basically to give myself time to recover and to give myself time to think about what i want the next deep dive to be mm-hmm. well the thing that i uncovered in the course of doing this deep dive in the course of talking to people is first of all we expect you know, we in the west or however you want to say it right expect like oh joe joe the mechanic isn't going to be interesting i'd rather hear about rob lowe's movie
1: mm-hmm. or,
0: did i just date myself there <laughs> like <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> no like, i know exactly what you mean
0: you know what i'm saying and yeah. i'm like no no if you ask the the kid selling donuts out of a food truck the right questions he's gonna be fascinating
1: like, right you know, yeah i <laughs> gonna- i agree uh this is this is a bit uh dating us right now but um did you see the spotify's uh presentation coming out with uh, new tools for podcasters
0: I I know about it. I didn't see it, but I know about it.
1: I, I watched it and it's so frustrating because they, I love Spotify. I love it. I love it so much. Great service, but, uh, they do love to promote the big names only. They, they love that they have Michelle Obama. They love that they have, um, Joe Rogan. They love that they have the, uh, Royal people who are, who stepped away the, the no longer Royal people. It's very unclear Meghan, what Megan and is. Harry
0: or. That would or, be
1: them. Yes.
0: Am I allowed to say that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what yes. their status is. You can really stop being Royal, but in any case, uh, they're just so pleased about having such big names and that's not really what has ever drawn me to a podcast.
0: I gotta I gotta tell you the, the truth, and I think I've said this on my show a couple of times. I know I've said it on other people's shows. The whole way I even uncovered what a podcast was was I was I had an ACL reconstruction mm-hmm. right? And I was in the bed. You know, I was basically bedbound for a while. And I was like, what else can I, now that I've bothered all my friends and run through Sopranos. What else can I do? Oh, there's a thing called a podcast. I can listen. To, I can listen. Yeah. To. And the first podcast I heard was this guy. He lives in my town and he does a, a soccer podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? He's the play by play guy of the Atlanta United. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about soccer, but sure, I'll listen to this. And it was interesting and I think I've become a soccer fan now. <laughs> but the second podcast I heard was Joe Rogan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I did not know that Joe Rogan was this big deal. I did not know that he was controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and But he led me to Dan Carlin, who, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about history podcasting at all but he's pretty much the top dog of history podcasting i would think
1: yeah i i really only i'm showing my ignorance i can i can tell when a name is familiar and go hmm mm-hmm, but well, i haven't i haven't listened to any of his stuff
0: well he's he's a good he's a good um podcaster but anyway um i just think i guess what i'm saying the long way around it is I don't think the advertising, the medium, like they want to do like with radio or TV. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. I honestly don't think it's going to work.
1: I agree. I mean, I think the more celebrities try and get into podcasting, the more we're going to realize, oh, someone writes a script for you. You know, like the the more interesting organic conversations I think, have always come from people with meaningful experiences. And, I mean, being famous is certainly meaningful, Uh not necessarily relatable to most people. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for podcasts that they can relate to or learn something from. And I don't know that celebrity podcasters really have that much to offer.
0: It's kind of like, what's the old saying about, like... So, the band puts out every band has a good album in them, but mm-hmm. like by the time they get to the third record, you're talking about life on the road, and, oh yeah, you know most you know
1: and songs people... become about being famous and songs and having groupies, and you lose kind of the the connection exactly, yeah,
0: exactly, I mean, totally, but um. So, what do you like about movies? First off, like,
1: well, I was in film school. Like, uh, such a nerd. I think I made a mistake going to film school. Honestly, I think I should have just gotten a PA job out of out of high school and just, you know, gone with it. Yeah. Um, but film school really doesn't do much except give you the language to sound pretentious about films and to know the certain like buzzword things like, German expressionism and Nosferatu. And, you know, uh, a- a- and you're not really analyzing things necessarily for yourself and you're not getting in the grit of making films. Um, so yeah. I've always been drawn to films, uh, and What was your question again? (laughs) Something about what do I like like about movies?
0: What did you okay? Like what? I went to film school. We have something in common. Mm. Cool. Um, but I, I had the other experience. I got to be practical, but also Mm -hmm. theoretical. And Mm -hmm. the thing I noticed was, the 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 thing that Hollywood does very well is to convince people. That filmmaking is not a dirty job. Mm hmm. Filmmaking mm-hmm. is a very dirty job. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <I> mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's working till 2 a.m. in a room with five sweaty people over Other your people. shoulder. It's like, it's just, it's grimy and dirty. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's, Fun. I I love that side of it. I love the feeling of, I've really put in a hard day's work, you know, editing this scene or whatever.
0: I made a Uh, sequence that didn't used to exist. Like that sequence came out of my mind.
1: Exactly. That's amazing. (laughs) Or even something like when I was on set as like a DIT, it would be something like, oh, everything that everyone has worked for. For the last five hours is here in my hands and I am the one who is responsible for it and I have to make sure that this gets on to the next step
0: yeah and- now let me ask you a question though
1: because
0: because yeah. I'm a history person and I actually don't believe that historians like I do believe that historians are good at looking at the future and that's mm-hmm. controversial where I come from but here you go so where do you think movies are going now that we've had a pandemic and
1: oh like that that's a good question <laughs> i think i think uh well you know we've been in sequel hell for a while now
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. we've been in yeah,
1: adaptation yeah. adaptation hell
0: have you uh, noticed? Okay, let me ask you. Yeah. Have you noticed that if you're not making an Oscar movie, like if you're, if the movie you're making is not for Oscar Super Bowl month, mm-hmm. right? That you have to lay down what comic book the movie came out of.
1: Yeah, you have, have to. Have you noticed find, that? Yes. <laughs> uh, even even some of the things that I've done, I'm like. Oh, it's a good thing that I have a book <laughs> that I have sourced a lot of material from because if people say, well, what are you adapting from? I can be like this, this history book, this biography, I can say that. So good. yeah, it's, it's, you need to have some anything that proves prior interest in the material because Hollywood is not willing to take a risk right now.
0: So are you, okay. So you're thinking we're going to have more adaptations and more, <laughs> so more adaptations and more comic books and more.
1: Uh, Well, I think the problem is that when there are shakeups in the market, uh, God, listen to me. I sound, I sound. Covid is a shakeup in the market. I I hate (laughs) to tell you, yeah.
0: Covid is a shakeup in the market.
1: Whenever we have things, people fall back on what's safe, what they know will continue to make them money, and they won't risk some of the like more avant-garde or even, I hate to say it, more diverse storytelling. Um, And so I am worried that you're gonna have this polarization in the film industry, which has already been happening, but I think will continue to happen, of Hollywood is going to get safer and safer and more insular, more adaptation crazy. And the independent scene, is going to still be churning out fresh, brilliant filmmakers with new ideas that about 10% of people might ever hear about.
0: Okay, here's a thought. It's so funny that, I, I was, that I'm that i talking to you because I actually had a <laughs> thought yesterday. Um, and I'm, I'm not playing, I'm not pretending at all. I actually had this whole thought yesterday like, there's this thing called youtube Mm -hmm. and there's a guy there's people on it that have huge audiences that like um like those guys the good mythical morning people yes right that talk snarky about food or there's yeah (laughs) i accidentally went down this rabbit hole one time and i found this dude i kid you not there's a man on youtube whose whole shtick Is he's cooking food in his dishwasher?
1: Oh yes, I know about him. Uh, I know about the man who um, is just recreating things with Stone Age materials. Do you know about Mm -hmm.
0: him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Uh, the thing,
1: yeah, there's everything.
0: The thing, I the thing I was thinking was, okay, this is cooler in a lot of movies yeah don't tell me it's not because it is so if i can get this on a big enough screen which is like outside right outside you know in my living room if i can get this on a big enough screen why would i want to pay whatever the you know to go see the matrix 10 or yeah you know
1: you know it's interesting you bring that up because uh one medium of filmmaking that I've been interested in lately, and you'll be able to guess why uh, is film collage, the idea of taking found footage and recontextualizing it and making it something else. Um, much, much easier to do right now than actually having a script and shooting something, you know? Uh, so, What's, that,
0: what's mm-hmm? that show I'm thinking of? What's that movie I'm thinking of that does that?
1: Well, there. I was going to say, there was a film that came out uh, by, oh gosh, I don't remember his name, the guy who did Marcel Vichel with shoes on. He had been trolling through YouTube and found like 40 hours of someone's home videos that they were putting on on YouTube. And he Uh took it and he recontextualized it to sort of have it be a a treatise on American consumerism. And then he released this film that was just a real family's home videos, but recut. And that's what I sort of think of as like, like you're saying, like we have so much media on YouTube and so much interest in just individual people's lives. And that is going to be, I think, profitable vein for filmmakers
0: i I remember um when youtube not when it first came out but when it Mm -hmm. first got um when it had this discovery when people started discovering it right Mm -hmm. um there was this fascinating i was i was in i think i was no it was before my master's Um, But there was a fascinating, long, long academic article about through YouTube, you can now do an anatomy of the average American's room, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and they they did, they did like this total study of the average American's room where Uh. their computer was. And believe it or not, I swear to God, it was like. You know, you come away with like. First of all, I had no idea how many people actually did like Britney Spears, or <laughs> I, had, I, I swear to, that was a thing. Like that was a thing in the in the study. of yeah. was like you'd be amazed how many Britney Spears photo uh, posters are just in all these rooms everywhere across the country.
1: <laughs> I hey, I believe it. I I love Britney, so I believe that. I mean,
0: But they also did, like, I remember there was the one of, like, I'm trying to remember. What was the. They did this thing where the Christmas tree, like the Christmas trees were or Christmas stuff was in the room. And Mm -hmm. why is it? okay here it is. It was uploaded in July. And he's why. I mean, mean, it wasn't one person. And so the thought was a lot of people really, really, really love like the. The decorations or whatever around Christmas, and they just keep them up. It was, yeah. it was so fascinating
1: it's so, I feel very called out because I once let a fake Christmas tree stand in my house for two years straight, so Jesus, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> where was a guy? I'm trying to remember the anyway famous guy I can't think of his name. he used to know a guy that had a Christmas tree up all the time, and that was in New York too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What?
1: it's New York. We love our fake plastic trees. So, yeah.
0: Hey, that's a song, isn't it? That's a,
1: <laughs> There's that's something a radio there. Song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um so like what's your favorite here's a thought. What's your favorite mm. movie?
1: Oh gosh. Oh golly. Uh I <laughs> usually avoid that question. Okay. Because I think You have favorite movies that serve different purposes i think i have i have the movies that i love because of their immense artistry and then i have the movies that i want to watch every night when i feel like crying and eating ice cream you Uh know like and i don't think that because i'm a really big fan of like casablanca technically and and artistically that that makes it any better than my best friend's wedding. You know? See,
0: I'm glad that you brought up Casablanca because I've seen, I mean, I saw that recently as an adult. Like Mm -hmm. I'd seen it before, but I saw it recently like as an adult. And the thing that you noticed, that I noticed probably about halfway through the movie, was there's an energy to that movie that doesn't, Mm You don't have that in World War II movies that come out. Let me remember. Let me be a history nerd and try and remember <laughs> when, the, when the year was. There, there, while we were still fighting World War II, there was a year mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. people started realizing, oh, okay, we're actually going to, you know, the the allies are going to win this thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I, you didn't I, really I, know. Yeah.
1: I know exactly what you're saying because so many of the people who worked on Casablanca were from Eastern Europe, were uh, people affected by the war, even you know through mm-hmm. family members, and it was a time when uh, they weren't sure who was going to win, and that and that led to a sense of tragedy that infuses an urgency, an urgency that infuses the film. Yeah.
0: There's I mean, a I real sense of that, urgency in that movie.
1: I mean, that scene yeah. where um, they're singing uh, La, La Marseille. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? I don't know. I, I don't, really know. I don't
0: know, but I know what things. you mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and you see a, a, a glimpse of that woman as she's singing. She was the, the nightclub singer. And she's like crying as she's singing this ode to her country. And uh-huh. that actress was really French. And she was really feeling that emotion. Or like how,
0: what's so fascinating is like the, the way Casablanca deals with the, just the basic corruption, if you will, Mm -hmm. that just sort of pervades, you you know, it it just sort of pervades everything. It's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that struck me about Casablanca, and this is really a testament to the writing, is... um, Sorry, there's a car going by. Old forgotten. Yeah. I mean, I live in New York City, so that's... You're gonna get some No, I get noise. it, I get it. Um, but uh, one thing that really struck me about Casablanca, and this is a testament to the writing, is that every character has an inner life. There is no sort of cookie-cutter character. Every single person in that film has their own motivations and their own story going on. Even if we're only seeing glimpses of it, you get a sense that this is not just players in a story about this love triangle. This is a look into a community. Wasn't it
0: done? Yeah, wasn't it done up in like a couple of weeks, too? I mean, It wasn't, it was incredibly,
1: yeah, it was incredibly rushed. And they were, they were, I believe this is all coming off the top of my head. They were rewriting it uh, as they were filming, like they were giving new pages all the time.
0: That's actually, and another one like that is, uh, have you ever seen the big sleep?
1: Oh yes. I I love, I love, I mean, Okay, this is gonna be, I know you're trying to get me to talk about The Big Sleep, but uh, I almost love the film where Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, who I was named I was named after Lauren Bacall, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. Um, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall met on their first picture to have and have not. Have you ever seen that?
0: I, I'm pretty sure I have, but I, I don't really remember right now.
1: It's like a it's like a dime store version of Casablanca, to be honest. It's pretty it's it's pretty mediocre as far as you know war movies go. Um, but, but it's a classic. It has, I mean, I
0: know it's a classic. It,
1: has, it I... has the classic because Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall's chemistry. Just the yeah. first fifteen minutes of that film where they meet and they're flirting with each other. That's what makes it a classic. Everyone forgets the long boat ride where he's getting some people out of a prison and they're running from Germans. And it's, you know, no one cares about that. Everyone just cares about uh, (laughs) Lauren McCall coming in and being like, you know how to whistle, don't you, Sam? Or whatever, you know?
0: Oh, I have seen that because, you know, I remember that line.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And to have and have not their intense chemistry, which of course was played out in real life uh, in their real Mm -hmm. life romance uh, was mm-hmm. then really what carried over into the big sleep and made that such a powerful, powerful picture.
0: That's I'm getting kinda, excitable. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good to talk about. I love talking about like classic movies and, and stuff, Like especially like, I mean, I've talked about the Texas ice storm. I've had some pretty heavy conversations oh. on this podcast. Yeah. And, um, this is a nice... Nice talk, nice talk. Um, oh, good. No, I like it. Um, let me ask. Um, I'm gonna. We're gonna show our bias here.
1: Okay, why go for it.
0: Why don't they make okay? So, I don't want to say like they don't make good movies anymore <laughs> because they. I mean they do, but you mm-hmm. know, I mean? like they do. They really do. Like you look at like Tank. Have you ever seen Tank? With, no, uh, I don't think so. Okay, Brad Pitt. Um, Brad, Pitt. It's the end of the war. It's the end of World War Two, And Brad Pitt is literally going into Germany with this group of guys. And I forget their mission or whatever, but it's really, really good. It's from a few years ago. Uh, but... Hmm. Like, the last... Okay. Fury. It's not Tank. It's Fury. oh i do
1: yes i do remember hearing about that film i don't think i watched it
0: it's but yeah it's really it's really really good um Mm -hmm. like benjamin button that's a good one Mm -hmm. um but you know like they just don't i know what you mean (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) yeah it's i really think um I really think the problem is where the money is Mm. and where people are comfortable placing their poker chips. You know, it's, it's not about, it's not about the quality anymore. It's about betting what people are going to want to watch. And it's, it's messed up. I mean, I think there are, I want to say there are good independent films and, and good independent filmmakers. And I think a benefit of this new streaming culture that we're in is that uh, Netflix Mm. and Hulu and et cetera can find these gems on festival circuits and Mm. lift them up and give them distribution that they would never have had before. Or
0: like you could have, I mean, like you could even have where like YouTube or something, like there's that show. Yeah. Oh, let me remember. The Magnificent Century. Have you seen that? No. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) I'm not into this stuff at all. I'm not into this kind of stuff at all. Like if somebody were to describe to me this show, I would be like, that sounds stupid. And then I would say, watch it, (laughs) 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 dum-dum. Okay. It takes place in King Suleiman's harem
1: ah okay yes but
0: there's no like there's no nakedness there's no because it's it's for a muslim Uh, audience right uh, okay it's for a muslim audience so there's no nakedness there's no sex is alluded to but it's not you don't see it right but what you see is like the relationship Mm. but here's the crazy thing the the drama of like this show to me is like a sci-fi thing because hmm. they ca- they came out with like there's an episode where he gives her Suleiman gives her him that's the, his main squeeze basically
1: um, <laughs> yeah
0: gives her this ring and she loses it she loses Aww. the ring man these writers came out with an hour and a half of television about we gotta find this girl's ring, we gotta find it. We're go- we're all gonna die. He's gonna kill us all. What?
1: Oh, okay. You <laughs> don't I'm know. like how how those days when you lose your ring and then everyone's gonna die. You know.
0: Well, because that was that was her gift. That was uh, his gift to her, and so anything he says goes, right? Sure. And, you know, and it wasn't. I-, I should say, like, it wasn't that she lost it. It was that it was stolen. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so you had the whole harem just, or everybody just kind of looking for the string, and darn it, it's a complete, it's like a compelling piece of television. And yeah, it's like I never would like as a Westerner. If it hadn't been for my history background as a Westerner, I don't think I would have even it would have occurred to me to to put something like that on paper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: I right. do. <laughs> yeah. I. I really appreciate. I mean, I think, I think film film lovers uh, really have to broaden their minds to the idea of foreign films right now, because mm-hmm. American Hollywood is going to keep doing what it's doing, keep putting the money into the next MCU thing, uh, and not that I have a problem with those movies, but. I appreciate some diversity. Um, uh, uh, and so uh, film, film lovers really have to broaden their scope and look to international markets to see what innovation is being done. And I think we're getting hints of that with Parasite winning the Oscar. I mean, I think that is, is a good sign that we're moving into a, a more uh, global perspective on filmmaking.
0: Why don't you tell my audience uh, what Parasite is, was, however you want to say it. Because it was interesting. <laughs> it was certainly a movie that I never would have thought about making. For
1: one. Yes. <laughs> uh, I confess I've only seen some of it. <laughs> um, I, As I recall, Parasite is uh, about... The plight of a family that uh, gets into service of a more upper class family. And so it really plays with dimensions of social class uh, in South Korea. And there's an issue where I believe they hide this family in in this like woman's house in their basement. Yeah, and it's like, I kind of root for them. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, that is a nightmare. That like from the other side of it, the idea of like things in your house going missing or like getting shifted around, and you begin to suspect there's someone living in like your attic. That's a horror movie, uh, and and Parasite is, I think, meant to be tense, meant to be a thriller. Um, it's also and, physically
0: uncomfortable yeah. to watch. Like it's literally that's, one of the only yeah. movies I've ever seen where it's physically uncomfortable to watch it because you're, you're looking at these people and you're just like, man, they are really packed in together and they have to, I remember there's like a scene where they have to use their phone. Somebody has to use a phone Mm -hmm. and it's like, you have to stand on the table or you have to do certain things. It's really crazy. But
1: South Korea is really impressive with how they use discomfort. I've found uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, a big fan of. <laughs> this is going to make me sound crazy. Um, there are certain waves of like horror films that are called like extremity or like extreme.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like there's French French extremity, I believe, um, and South Korea has its own brand of like extreme horror and extreme violence and extreme you know sexual taboos um, and. I I really admire it. like one of the ones uh that I'm interested in is uh The Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of yeah, that? Yeah, I've
0: heard of that. That's a yeah. It's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. But yeah, it's a
1: it's a good one. It's it's good and there are a few others uh that I can't recall. <laughs> so I've let us down an oubliette.
0: Hey, it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what's
0: great about podcasting is that it's very cinema verite. It's
1: yeah, yeah. It's
0: like I'm hearing the cars uh, go off in your neighborhood. You're hearing the cars go off. My, <laughs> you're hearing the cars go off in my neighborhood. Bye, bye, bye. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that you're 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 enjoying the ambiance no, I'm bringing. No
0: no no no. It's okay. One of the coolest things, and I want to tell you this, podcaster to podcaster. Mm. One okay. of the coolest things about podcasting, really, honestly, is talking to people. Yeah, and is is figuring out is learning. For example, learning that time is fake, right? Mm-hmm. Time, mm-hmm. time is just a social construction. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. Or, yeah, or the, like you can have. You can have this conversation with somebody in a whole nother country, in a whole nother they're talking a whole nother language, normally. Like normally they'd be talking mm-hmm. a whole nother language. Mm-hmm. And you just hear about their day and their world, and you're like, Okay, wow, that's Jesus. Now I understand why certain people in this country think a certain way. Or why they act a certain way when you say something that you know what i'm saying like um i do it's like i mean and you also find out things like you find out like i talked to this a guy who is okay let me say it correctly he is a mexican english or a mexican british person so he's Mm -hmm. of mexican descent but he's british he 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 speaks with mm-hmm. a British accent. If you were to talk to him, you would just think, oh, he's British, you know, mm-hmm. but he's of Mexican descent. And he said, like, he, tell, he goes, I tell him about, well, I, we have more, uh, you know, in this country, we, we call them la- Latinos, but we have more uh, Latinos in my county than practically anywhere in the country. Um, and mm. I go out to eat tacos all the time, right? And he goes, mm-hmm. "I, ha- you sit down in a restaurant and eat tacos? <laughs> yes. Wow. I've never done that. What? Well, in Britain, they don't have places to eat uh, tacos. Apparently
1: not. It's just, I guess it's all just fish and chips and curries. I,
0: I, I don't know. But there's not enough, there's not enough, um... You know South American Central American folks mm-hmm. to warrant a, uh, a ta- you know taco places
1: but that's that's wild to me because living in New York City like i yeah I down my block I can go and and there's a South African uh wine uh, and tapas place
0: you mean basically. South American
1: No, South African. Get out. They they are, they, and they love, uh, they have all these um, posters about uh, soccer that that happens there. Um, But yeah, no, South African. And so, and like I've found uh, Asian and Mexican, like uh, Asian and Tex Mex fusion in my neighborhood. And that would be like,
0: so, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool.
1: So it's it's weird. I'm I know I'm so lucky to live in New York City where I just have all this, uh, all this wonderful ingenuity from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, And yeah. yeah. I mean, and I and I think you're right that podcasting is one of those things that is bridging, uh, let's say, border bridging borders. I guess bridging national differences one of the
0: things like national but also like in this country like you can find out Mm -hmm. so you find out things like um the word liberal where I live does not mean the word Mm -hmm. liberal does not mean the same as the word liberal does in southern California or in the Bay Area it does not carry the mm-hmm. same connotation. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I never would have known that had I not had this activist on my podcast and we just had a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow. Or like, okay, here's a problem. This is a real problem that I'm only aware of because I do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um hmm everywhere else in the world that we think of as our peer countries okay so canada australia new zealand places like that Mm -hmm. those governments are sitting there and they're going oh we have to put high-speed internet everywhere everywhere yes we don't do that that's a big and i'm listening to these people and i'm like See this is something not on anybody's radar right now that this is a big problem that you know yeah you know.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I think it's it's insane that yeah Australia and New Zealand will have 5G before I do, you know like
0: before I let you go um, I can't let you leave without telling me what the steamiest seen on that you've seen on film it Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm
1: i'm sorry yes can't let you go i know <laughs> okay so uh if if i if i may uh mention my my podcast a little more oh no, no
0: no you go ahead thank you oh, thank you no you no talk about your podcast please, <laughs> please. thank you for doing so let <laughs> i cannot say thank you enough for, for doing this for
1: me. Oh, no, this has been so fun. I, I've had such a great time. Um, so steamy sex scenes on film. That is what we talk about. Uh, so on Let's Get It on Film, the podcast that I do with my co-host, Kate, uh, we discuss and review uh, different scenes from film and television that uh, get into kind of erotic and steamy territory. I think the most fun that we had discussing one was atonement. Have you seen atonement?
0: It has been so long since I've seen atonement that I probably shouldn't say Mm -hmm. that I've seen it.
1: (laughs) It is an amazing scene. Uh, It's a a pivotal moment, which is why I think it's given so much weight and it's, hang on. (laughs) I just heard a cacophony of, of how horns in the background. (laughs) Um was that but yeah, in Atonement. Yeah. Was
0: that Jeffrey Rush?
1: No. Uh, okay. uh it was Joe Wright uh working with uh Kira Knightley and uh James McAvoy. Oh
0: okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah. And so Atonement has this beautiful plot uh set in Britain pre and during World War II. Um and the entire crux of the film hinges on this illicit relationship between Keira Knightley's characters and James McAvoy's characters. And there's a scene where they meet up in the library and everything comes pouring out. It's incredible. You can feel the tension jumping off the screen. And uh, yeah, we we had a lot of fun talking about it. That was in our coitus interruptus episode was
0: atonement i know now that you mention it i know i've seen it i know i've seen it
1: it's it was very good it's a beautiful beautiful film it's like cinematography porn Mm -hmm. just on its own Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's it was really fantastic but it's one of those films where you get such high highs and such low lows that it's it's quite a roller coaster
0: yeah i mean i'm trying to think so have you seen okay so let me ask you this you Mm -hmm. just you just confessed to me that you've seen benjamin button
1: yes i have seen benjamin Button. do
0: you believe that the 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 uh kate wenslett and brad pitt characters were in love with each other
1: now, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because I think... I think I think they had a love for each other. But I think Hollywood has a problem with depicting a deep, intimate, non-sexual love between men and women. So I think they had a deep love for each other, but... Kind of because of their time period and because of Hollywood, they kinda had to express it sexually and romantically. But I don't know that they necessarily should have. I think they would have been probably happier just as friends.
0: Yeah. But Is that the answer? No, I mean for? it no. Well, I'm not looking <laughs> okay. That's the other thing, as a podcaster. So let me help you. As a podcaster. Okay. Um and I've also interviewed people for other media too but as a podcaster especially I try not to look for an answer unless I am looking for an answer Mm -hmm. I try not to look for an answer Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying like um yeah yeah. so um what's your favorite movie okay what's a favorite movie of yours that I wouldn't think that you like that I wouldn't think this is her favorite movie or this is a movie that she Mm -hmm. liked
1: Um, you know, I, I have a real fondness. I have a real fondness for bad Christmas movies. Um, bad in a, in a, in a gently, uh, poking fun sort of way. Um, I saw a film recently that I have not stopped thinking about. So maybe this counts as a movie I enjoyed or maybe it doesn't. I can't quite tell, but it's been on my mind. It was on Netflix. It was a New York Christmas wedding. Okay. And it was incredible. And I mean that in the original sort of meaning of the word. Uh, There was a guardian angel who was like, who was revealed to be the uh, the unborn child of her best friend in another timeline. And there was uh, a love triumph. There was a part where she's starting off in this sort of heterosexual relationship to this guy and she is taken to a world where she and her best friend had uh, gotten together and somehow that means her dad is alive? That doesn't make sense. Why would would you choosing to stay with your best friend and not have a stupid fight? Why would that have been what killed your dad, you know? So that movie's just crazy. And that's a film I think everyone should get a little bit wine drunk and put on a New York Christmas wedding.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to... I, I can't even believe I forgot to ask you this question. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are. And as I said in a previous mm. podcast, my mother and my grandparents and stuff told me not to ask a lady how old she is, but I'm going to, mm. I'm going to tell based on your voice that you like mm. me grew up in the time of pain of pandemic disaster movies. Um, mm. I know what you mean. Okay. Okay now that we've lived through and now that we're living through an actual pandemic, mm-hmm. what are some things that you look at and you go, cause I actually had this thought of, I could either see where the pandemic genre, if you want to call it that is either going mm-hmm. to greatly change, like greatly mm-hmm. change, or they're going to be like, no, we're going to watch Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire reboots, dude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And, uh. Uh,
1: I mean, it's 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 interesting uh, because I recently, this is going to sound, this is making me sound like such a strange person. I recently got into um, 1970s films about vampires. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell you why, um, okay. but I got I got into watching a bunch of really interestingly bad vampire movies from the 1970s. And one thing that I kind of discovered was, in the mid 80s and 90s, there's a change in vampire movies. Okay, and it's very clear why, because bloodborne AIDS. illness was on the f- On the front mind, yes, exactly, AIDS. (laughs) So there's a change in how vampire films, I think the last vampire film that I would say is of the old guard before the AIDS crisis is Lost Boys. And even that is hinting with Joel Schumacher. uh, Schumacher, uh, You've got a lot of homoerotic subtext going on, but it's still sort of celebrated and it isn't, Necessarily a scary thing.
0: What's interesting um, to me, yeah. not to get off the beam, but just about AIDS.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of, well, what's <laughs> I historic? Okay, what is historically interesting to me is mm-hmm. when you go back and look at the situ and look at the historical record. People might not have put a finger on it. But back mm-hmm. as far as the 70s, like back into the mid-70s, um, people were talking like, yeah, gay, gay guys or whoever were just sort of saying, well, so-and-so died. I Actually, um, mm-hmm. there was in my college, there was a – when I went back to school at Georgia State, there was a guy um, who was older, and he was in our class, and he – um, for oral history had told us this story about people in his apartment just started dying. People in his yeah. apartment like, just started dying, and they didn't know why. Like nobody, okay, nobody knew what it was. Like nobody, mm-hmm. nobody knew what was happening. They just knew that these pe- people were dying, and yeah, he got freaked. He he got freaked and he went to montana like he he met he yeah some i don't know how he got there but he went to montana and he said later he said later like you know i sat there in montana and i was like that had to be aids like years later he's like i'm in montana and i'm thinking that had to be aids and then he was like right. wait a minute what year was that? That was 75, <laughs> 74.
1: That's early. Like, but that's, what yeah. that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, yeah. See we're, we're people and people have, mm-hmm. we're people that came up in a time where, where labels mean things and time means something. Right. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to think, Oh, okay. There was a magical thing that happened and then this happened, right? And before that, yeah. that didn't happen because the thing, you know, the label wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. yeah. You know, that, like I did the, this podcast on the Spanish flu. They um, mm-hmm. think the Spanish flu these days, they think the Spanish flu was knocking around Kansas for about 14 or 15 years before anybody, oh wow. Yeah, before any medical person at all sort of figured out, wait a second, hang on, <laughs> this is a thing, this is a capital T thing yeah. that we have to pay yeah. attention to. I mean, you know.
1: That makes a lot of sense. No, it does. That's, yeah. yeah. It does. And it's, I'm, uh, I'm so glad that you're you're mentioning the Spanish flu and uh, and AIDS in this context because I I think uh, when people I should say when media has been talking about the coronavirus the pandemic uh, as unprecedented since the the 1918 Spanish flu I think it is important to acknowledge that there have been pandemics that have devastated communities like AIDS that. Uh, just haven't reached this toll but when you think about them in terms of percentage of that community that was ravaged well it's
0: yeah and also i mean it, like we're in the west right like mm-hmm. we're in the west when you talk to people from africa mm mm-hmm. Because here in Atlanta, we have a lot of African, we have a lot of African Americans who are from Africa, right? And yeah. they'll tell you that AIDS in Africa is a totally different ballgame. It's a totally different mm-hmm. deal. It's, it is the Black Death. It, no pun intended, it is the yeah. Black Death. It is, you know, that, that big thing that's huge. Um. Yeah. But um, all right. Now we're gonna get to the fun part. We're gonna get to the very I fun like part of the podcast.
1: This my my friend Kate and I, my co-host, uh, and I have a joke. Uh, when we feel like we're veering into topics that are too dark, we go like, "Anyway, back to AIDS and the Holocaust." <laughs> well, no, and that's just how we kind of reset. No,
0: so like, okay. Well, you were talking about vampire move mo- before before uh, we. We start mm-hmm. the whole downloading process. You were talking about uh, mm-hmm. vampire movies. I. Well,
1: yes. I, uh, yeah. I
0: saw a vampire movie a, a, a bunch of years ago now called Let Me In.
1: Oh, I've heard of that one. I don't think I've seen it. It
0: is my. Okay. It is one of the best movies that came out in, in the 2010s. Mm. Not horror movies, movies.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's bold claims but I'm um, I'm with you. It's
0: so good, it's it's. You talk about how Hollywood can't make a love story without sex.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yes, they can. They made it. It's the sweetest love. St- and it's let me in. It's the sweetest love story you've ever seen. That's also the scariest movie you've ever seen. Oh. It's the scariest thing you've ever seen. And this, and the sweetest love story you've ever seen, for the same reason. Mm. It's so terrible. All right. It's so terrifying. And the thing, the thing that's really cool about "Let Me In" is, you know how everybody, like every ninety percent of most Hollywood movies, everybody's functional, everybody's. everybody's emotionally healthy all the all like this you can watch this movie and look at the look at that boy and be like he's not right he's there's something (laughs) wrong with this child and you can even see like what's Mm -hmm. wrong right you know you 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 Mm -hmm. get it but you're also like oh wow (laughs) and like
1: Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself if I'm wrong, but I think I was reading this synopsis recently when I was looking through vampire films. Is it there's a young woman who moves into this town and she's uh, got some dark secret and he befriends her? Is that the idea?
0: She's a child. She's not a young woman. Yeah. She's a child. and Okay. be she befriends or... Who befriends and that's the other thing is like who who is befriending who right mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's the other part of this and mm-hmm. it's so but it's like I'll be honest with you every time I watch that movie it gets more and more complicated it
1: mm, gets more and more that's a good it sign gets more and
0: more complex and it's also But you could totally watch it as a slasher film yeah <laughs> you know cool If you didn't want to have any uh emotional attachment at all you could you could watch it as a slasher film but even then it's like terrifying in the end that would be how it's terrifying in the end because yeah but
1: that that sounds i i'll have to put that on my list that sounds really hey, good.
0: Maybe I can come on your podcast and I can talk about it with you. Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> I, unless there's a sex scene, I don't know, and it doesn't no, sound there, like there no. would be. Well,
0: no, there's not, and that's no, there's no sex scene. There's there's no. Uh,
1: there's yeah, there, that makes sense. There, but... There's no
0: sex scene at all. Um, yeah, because it's because it's. With- but
1: sometimes that's for, that's for the best for a film. It's although our podcast is specifically about uh dissecting the sex scene i think the way that you would an action scene or a heavy dialogue scene yeah the idea is that this flavor of scene has a a purpose and an arc
0: yeah um
1: but not every film is served by it
0: well there there is no when you see the movie i mean if you if you do when you see the movie you'll it'll become apparent immediately why there's no sex scene because they're children they're literally kids like good actually good. they're actually literally children um Mm. and actually it's uh chloe okay chloe grace what's her name uh morris she's in she's the vampire
1: Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh, I love her. She's the
0: vampire.
1: I have to watch yeah,
0: that. Yeah. It's the best movie she's ever done. <laughs> it's
1: really it's
0: literally the best movie she's ever done.
1: I was a big, that's a big statement. I was a very big fan of uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post.
0: Okay. I haven't seen so, that one. All right. But, well
1: uh, now you' now you have one. it's not exactly a fun movie it's about uh conversion therapy uh, for being gay yeah. okay so,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: I maybe don't recommend it but
0: well yeah. no I like I liked um because she plays a she plays a person that is a lot older than she really is
1: mm, because she's she's in that sort of interview with a vampire Child state forever.
0: Yeah. She she actually is older yeah. than she really is. In the, Her character mm-hmm. is older than she really is. And mm-hmm. there's, oh, God, there's like a scene where, where, like, the whole time watching the movie, you're like, is she using him? She's using him. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, mm-hmm. and then you're like, there's a thing that happens that I'm not going to tell you what it is. But there's like a there's a moment that happens where you're like, no, no, she's not using him. Oh, okay, this is really creepy now. This is creepier now than it would have been before, because yes, she's a vampire. Yes, when he's a lot older, he's gonna die. But also, she's in love.
1: (laughs) Aww. (laughs) oh <laughs> now i really do want to watch this film <laughs> oh
0: dear it's so messy it's, it's so good all right do you have anything you want to tell the internet please hmm. talk about your podcast more or whatever but then i want to start the, <laughs> but i want to actually start the downloading process just to make sure it actually works
1: yeah i know um yeah I mean, check uh, check. Let's Get It On Film uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Stitcher.
0: The other thing to me, that the thing that's the craziest thing to me about podcasting is mm-hmm. the more people I talk to, the more I realize that basically, you know, we might like different sports teams or different sports or different... We might have, like I was saying, the word liberal might mean different from here or whatever mm-hmm. but we're all basically the same we're all basically yeah. alike. and it's just the more I yeah it, the more i talk to people the more i'm like you know what our little silly differences that we think we don't have these differences <laughs> you know
1: yeah it's, it's, i agree you know but it's
0: like oh my god
1: <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. I think uh, I have identified as a humanist yeah. uh, in terms of like re- religious or political feelings. Um, I very much believe that humanity is a a, a force of good,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that human beings are naturally good, and that we have these divisions and we have these sort of constructs that exist to keep us apart, and it's for the benefit of a certain, you know, minority elite that we see each other as different and see each other as uh, as other. But at, when it comes down to it, we we feel pain. Yeah. We love each other. You know, we are humans and we are of the same species and we should cherish that. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Lauren of Let's Get It On podcast. She does a podcast, like she said, about basically analyzing sex scenes in movies. She was kind enough to come on my podcast and help me with a technical issue having to do with the software that I record on and I thought this was an interesting podcast because I thought it was basically a, a record of the before times and of the I guess the entertainment and, and kind of the way people think and, you know anyway so I just wanted to say thank you Lauren one more time And I also wanted to remind my listeners that Season 3 of The History Voyager is going to be about the tulip mania, or the tulip bubble. Tulip mania, tulip bubble. It's interchangeable. Yay! Okay. So, Season 3 is going to be about the tulip mania, or tulip bubble, that happened in Holland. It, It will be interesting. And as I do... Always with these things, I'm going to go before the beginning and talk about, give you kind of a deep dive into tulips. And as always, as I've said 91 other times into a microphone, I'm having a great day and I hope you are too. Alright everybody, goodbye.